October has managed to creep around the corner once again, so what better time to look at some more cryptids than the month of horror? Today we travel to Philadelphia to take a look at one of its most famous pieces of folklore, only second to the trash man, the Jersey Devil. As its name tells us, the Jersey Devil was said to inhabit southern Jersey in the Pine Barrens, a heavily forested area just off the coast. Most cryptids are fairly easy to describe because they resemble some kind of animal. The Jersey Devil does also kind of fall into this category, but it's far from easy to paint you a picture without actually showing you one. Over the years it's been described as a number of different things, but the most consistent is as a flying bipede with hooves, which honestly means nothing when its appearance varies so much. Bat-like wings and hooves are the features that never really change, its head is either said to be a goat or a horse with horns. It has small clawed arms and a forked tail. Many have likened the creature to a wyvern, and I guess it is a reasonable comparison. It does kind of remind me of a chimera, but with only one head. So, other than flying around and scaring people, what does the Jersey Devil actually do? Naturally, with it being the devil, it was seen as a bad omen. Everything from a bad harvest to droughts, missing livestock, and even cows who couldn't be milked were all blamed on the Jersey Devil. Then you have other sinister activities such as knocking down trees to squash people and boiling streams of water to burn them alive. Some believe that it appeared periodically, either every 7 or 13 years, a sign of war, disaster, and hardship that was yet to come. With the overall description out of the way, the next few questions we can attempt to answer are what is it and where did it come from? For this, we have to go back to the 18th century when it was first seen in 1735. In the Pine Barrens region lived a woman named Jane Leeds, also known as Mother Leeds. Despite being very poor, Jane had no less than 12 children with a 13th on the way. When Jane found out she was pregnant once again, she cursed the child in her frustration, claiming that this child would be the devil. When the night came that Jane went into labour, there was a terrible storm that shook the entire house as her friends and family gathered to help her through the pregnancy. The child was born normal, but it began to change into a deformed monstrosity. Its feet turned into hooves, its head resembled a goat. Leathery wings sprouted from its back, and a forked tail whipped violently around the room. The child screamed and thrashed its tail at anyone trying to hold it down. Eventually it broke free and flew up into the chimney, escaping into the pines. The local clergyman believing it was a demon tried an exorcism to remove it from the area, but they were unsuccessful. There are versions of this tale where the locals thought Mother Leeds was a witch or a sorceress of some kind, and the reason the child resembled a demon was because the father was the devil. This is also why at first the creature was known as the Leeds Devil, or the Devil of Leeds, a mixture of the family name and the town they lived in, known as Leeds Point. The credibility of this story, or even the possibility that it might be rooted in any real history, is questionable at best. There was a woman named Jane Leeds who was married to a Daniel Leeds, but there doesn't seem to be any connection between them and a devil child. Despite this, the newspapers of the 18th century still printed the story numerous times over the years. Was it an interesting story that would help them sell copies? Yeah, I'm sure it was. 
was it a story that would lead people to visit the area? Again, I'm sure it did and still does. The point that I'm trying to make is regardless of how true this story may have been, printing it had numerous benefits, so it's difficult to take that as undeniable evidence. Another explanation is that Mother Leeds was actually a woman named Deborah Leeds, who was married to a Jaffet Leeds. They both lived in Leeds Point, and in 1736, Jaffet named 12 children as part of his will, which does line up with the original legend. But was that a coincidence? Maybe the women in Leeds Point were just baby factories, or maybe Jaffet was the father of the Jersey Devil. Either way, leaving your devil child out of the inheritance sounds like it can only end poorly. Another possible origin story is about a girl from Leeds Point who fell in love with a British soldier during the American Revolution. In 1778, the Battle of Chestnut Neck took place in southern New Jersey, so there would have been more than a slight bit of disdain between the two sides. The girl then meeting with this soldier in secret and eventually falling pregnant with his child meant that this was seen as treason, and so the town cursed the girl and her child. This resulted in her then giving birth to a child that would later become the Leeds or Jersey Devil. There are no credible photos of the Jersey Devil, so all we have to go by are the accounts of people who have claimed to have seen the creature, and there have been quite a few over the years. One of the most famous sightings comes from Joseph Bonaparte, the elder brother of Napoleon. Joseph swore that he saw a devilish creature fly by when hunting game on the grounds of his Bordentown estate in 1820. A few decades later in 1840, the locals claimed to have seen the creature again, in the same place, this time killing livestock. A year later in 1841, similar sightings were reported once again this time claiming they heard screams and saw tracks in the snow. In 1925, sightings around livestock continued when a farmer claimed that he saw an animal that he could not identify trying to steal his chickens. He fetched his rifle and fired, hitting his target and killing the animal. He took photos of its corpse and showed it to over a hundred people, but none of them could identify what it was. It does raise the question of how one would kill such a creature, Clearly the farmer believed his rifle did the job, but there are some stories that slightly contradict this. When Commodore Stephen Desseter visited the Hanover Mill to inspect cannonballs that were being made for his ship, he was in for quite a surprise. He said that he saw an enormous creature flying above him in a menacing fashion. The Commodore then fired a cannonball at the creature, but to his surprise it did nothing, as the creature flew by unharmed. The amount of alleged encounters and sightings from regular townsfolk is quite interesting because of how wildly they can differ. There's a story that comes from a sheriff and some of his officers that makes it seem as if the Jersey Devil is more than just a mindless monster. The sheriff and his men were chasing the Jersey Devil away from a farm where the owner had reported missing cattle and blood-curdling screams. The devil then fled into the woods, leaving the men at the edge too scared to chase any further. The sheriff then yelled, If it is true, and you are the devil, then rattle your chains. All of the men swore that they heard its chains rattle. This story ties into the previous versions that believe the father of the child may have been the devil. It's also a rare account of the creature attempting to interact in some way that doesn't involve a sinister act. The Leeds Devil is a story that started in the 18th century, 
and for the next few centuries, stories about a creature that stalked the Pine Barrens spread to the surrounding areas. By the 19th century, it had become part of New Jersey's folklore and tradition, a ghost story that you would tell your friends and family on a dark and stormy night. It wasn't until the 20th century that people started to refer to it as the Jersey Devil. This is also when it was given its general appearance. What had previously been referred to as an animal, a demon, or a monster was now a weird mix between a goat and a kangaroo. 1909 was the year the Jersey Devil went from a piece of folklore known in New Jersey to a legend that almost everyone in North America had heard of. January 16th until January 23rd marked the most significant week in the Jersey Devil's history. Newspapers published hundreds of claimed encounters and sightings all over the state. Up until then, sightings had been quite sporadic and mostly occurred in the same area. These encounters ranged from attacks in a Camden social club to the police shooting the creature in Bristol, Pennsylvania. They even went as far as Delaware and Maryland, creating a snowball effect. The more people heard of the Jersey Devil, the more people reported seeing it. It almost created a mass panic to the point where schools and local businesses were closed, warning people to stay indoors where it was safe. Groups of hunters, vigilantes, and concerned individuals traveled to New Jersey in search of the creature. Wealthy collectors even offered rewards up to $10,000 for the creature's capture. Some didn't care if it was dead, wanting it for their own private collection, whereas others were willing to donate the creature to the Philadelphia Zoo. As you can imagine, with that amount of money being thrown around at that time, the hoaxes began, as people tried to make some quick cash in all the hysteria. All sorts of animals were handed in with the claim that they had found the creature. Someone even attached wings and claws to the corpse of a kangaroo in the hopes that those desperate enough would pay. After that week of madness, the Jersey Devil had cemented itself as an American urban legend. The number of reported sightings did eventually die down as people went about their lives as usual. Several explanations were offered as to what the Jersey Devil was and why it came to be. The simplest being that hundreds of years ago it was very common to misidentify animals, and what people may have seen may have just been a hill crane, though it is quite hard to match that description to the Jersey Devil. There's also the possibility that British settlers may have just created a boogeyman story, a form of entertainment, or even a way to keep their children safe. The Pine Barrens were a dangerous, harsh, and unwelcoming place to live. It was also rampant with bandits and highwaymen who would rob and kill those passing by. So making up a story about an evil creature to scare people away from the Pine Barrens seems like a smart way to keep them safe. Although this plan doesn't really work when your story actually encourages more people to visit the area. Personally, I've always been a fan of folklore and legends that are unique to specific areas. There are so many universal ideas throughout folklore, it's always refreshing when you get something as weird as this story. Let me know what you think. I'm sure some of you watching this currently live in New Jersey. I'd love to hear if you have any stories growing up or if you know someone who claims they have seen the Jersey Devil. As always, I've been your host, Mythology and Fiction Explained, reminding you to maybe stop at 12 children because the 13th might just be the devil. <laughs>